Welcome to track number four of the Dream Church. The Church of Three Conversions, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 9, sorry. Alright, Acts chapter 9. We saw the story of the Apostle Paul. How he got saved on the way. Is that not so? Verse 18 of chapter 9. And immediately, there fell from his... Are you there? Acts chapter 9 verse 18. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. Are you there? Verse 19. And when he had received me, he was strengthened, and then was saw certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. Okay? Verse 20. And straight away, he preached. Everybody say he preached. Christ in the synagogues, that is, that he is the Son of God. Amen. Now, notice. Notice. The first conversion or change that took place, and this is what I'm saying, that the church must be a church of the three important conversions. Are you understanding me? Brother, what's your name? William, from where? William, New York. No, no, from New York. All right, Manhattan. William, you must be a man of three important conversions. Listen, this is, this is you see, or based on what I'm saying on this little message, on this little one, everything else that I'll say at the camp will have a personal meaning for you. Okay, so you have to get this, this thing. Otherwise, you, you're going to miss out on the whole camp. Are you there? So this is actually where we take off. Okay, so try and get this one. Because you need to have these three important conversions. When I say conversion, I don't mean three salvations. That you have to be saved three times. I'm using the word convert to indicate something that brings a major change in your life. Number one, there must be a real indication of your change, your actual change, that there is actually a change in your life. If you were married before you got saved, when you get saved, there should be a change in your marriage. I remember many years ago when I got saved, my mother made gave a testimony that if anybody is saved, Doug is saved. Yes, that's the testimony she gave about me when I got born again. Amen. That's the testimony my mother gave about me when I got born again. And people should be able to testify. The closest, rather your friends, maybe you are not married. Maybe you just have friends. Or your, your relatives or your neighbors. They should be able to point to your, but your character and say, look, she is really saved. And you know now we have a lot of Christians doing everything that they want to do and behaving just as they used to be and i think one of the things is ugly behavior ugly behavior in private do you, do you understand what i'm saying when i say ugly behavior i mean behavior that is not nice and it's like that's how i am in, in our family that's how we that is how we are that, 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 that's how we talk that's how we behave. And it's like there's no attempt even to change that. I think it's wrong. Or even to see that it is wrong. I think that it's very, very bad. Because we, we are failing now to distinguish between ourselves and Christians. And, Christ, and, and, and uh, non-Christians. Yeah. You know. And I really feel that we should be able to be real. And of course, we are not perfect. So... Even as we try, we will definitely falter. We will definitely fall, etc. But you see, Jesus Christ came not only, the Bible says the law came by Moses, but through Jesus Christ came grace and truth. So in Christ and in the church, we have the truth. That's, this is the right thing. Plus grace for the whole lot of people who will keep faltering. But that is different when you fall into a gutter, you come out, you falter, you 
maybe you 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 go off but you come back but that is different from staying in the wrong way and arguing that even there's nothing wrong with that it is something that is not good amen so i am arguing for a change abraham i want a change i want a change i said i want a change god wants a change otherwise are we are we are we are we are we christians we are all human we all get tired we all feel sleepy we all become some way everything we all like that we're all irritated but there must be a difference can you hear me do you understand what i'm saying all right change number two this is where we are coming to so that this is very 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 important because based on this we can carry on with the camp change number two change number two conversion number two is what happened is what i call the preaching stage so first is salvation actually the code is sps sps salvation then the next change is preaching now you will notice right here that very early in paul's christian experience he began to preach in churches notice acts chapter 9 straight away he preached christ in the synagogues he straight away became somebody who was preaching in churches in other words having a church was not such a great issue and preaching in a church wasn't something especially for grown far old christians who were you know very far ahead and so on straight away the bible says he started preaching about christ in the synagogues straight away straight after his conversion now many christians today straight away do nothing and after a long time do nothing but paul no not paul straight away started preaching now you can be a christian and you can decide to be someone who will become a preacher now this is the second major change you see after being saved you're just there but then you can move on to become a worker a worker a preacher an activist somebody who's doing something for god now i know that not everybody here is a shepherd but i believe you are a potential shepherd this is a shepherd's camp is that what you call it the shepherd's camp a camp for shepherds so even if you are not a shepherd you are being welcomed into the rank of the shepherds and the pastors and shepherds are pastors that's another name for pastors pastors of a fewer people amen with the only reason why we use certain terms reverend pastor elder bishop and so on it's just to show a little this thing when there's a lot of people like an army you got to have some few things that show the rank or even show where this is and what this means and so on otherwise everything is the same and there'll be confusion so it's just to bring confusion it's just to prevent confusion not for any other uh, uh reason just order okay and and the point i'm trying to make is that you need to become someone who is a worker a worker a preacher a teacher a preacher a teacher a preacher a teacher a preacher a teacher my sister what's your name something in kruma is that so annie Nyama. okay annie annie what do you think good idea yeah you can be a preacher you can be a pastor you can be a leader if paul could do it you can do it turn to matthew chapter 9 look at something there verse 36 verse 37 verse 36 but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd then said he unto his disciples the harvest truly is plenteous but the laborers are few amen pray ye therefore the lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest amen pray the lord of the harvest that he will send laborers not members laborers now you need to have workers in the church now there's a difference between somebody who works and somebody who watches 
And somebody who does the work and somebody who is watching. And you can become... And let me tell you something. You know what? If you are tired of certain problems in your life, right? Just start to do the work of God. You will be surprised how they will fizzle out. You will be very, very surprised how they will vanish. Because as you keep fighting certain things, maybe certain difficulties in your life financial marital moral whatever you keep all your faith is to solve that problem (laughs) look just shift and start doing god's work the next time you turn your head you realize that the thing is is not even important if it either it will go and even if it doesn't go you realize how small it is one day i was standing by a building and i saw the building small and suddenly you know, because the Holy Spirit is in us, we keep getting glimpses and flashes and manifestations of words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And so I was standing by a building that was quite big. And the Lord told me, this building is very small. depends on where you are standing. depends on where you are standing. And suddenly I pictured myself standing far away. And I realized that although it was big because of where I was standing, when I moved far, it was too small. You see, I was standing at the airport and I was looking for a plane to come. I was going to come to pick somebody and I couldn't see when the plane was coming. So I thought, very small. I said, if I just move here, it would be so small. It would not even be in the way. So things are so big to you because of where you are standing. Move out into that work. Suddenly you look back and say, I think it's a small thing. Why was I always struggling? You have no one to fight with. That's why you fight with your wife. Yeah. Everybody needs a fight. And that's why God said, fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> we are born fighters. We always want something to fight with, fight against, fight for, struggle with. And if you, if you don't have something to fight about, some kind of target, you know, some kind of target, some kind of aim, some kind of something that you are headed for, you are fighting for, it doesn't keep you alive. It is said that 50% of people retire, who retire, die within the first two years of their retirement. Yeah. Because there's nothing more to fight for. There's nothing to live for. That's why I don't believe it's a good thing to retire. Keep on working. Keep on building. Keep on fighting. Papa Hagen is 83. He's preaching. He has programs. 83 years. He has, he has a program. I'm planning to be at his program. I say, Lord, as long as this man is there, I just want to go there and sit there under the anointing. Yeah, yeah. 83. 83. It's having program. I was in uh, somewhere this year, I was in Japan, and one pastor was telling me, Papa Ikin is coming to his church for two weeks. He said, I should come to his church. I'm going to have dinner with Papa Ikin. He, Papa Ikin, and me, we will sit down and have dinner. I was tempted beyond my imagination. <laughs> but I had to go back to Ghana. <laughs> so we need something to fight about and when you've got problems out there I mean when I say problem I mean when I talk about problems not your problem but the problem of God's work your burden is God's work your problem becomes like this very small (laughs) just put it there this thing is not even an issue anymore oh yeah you come, you, you're fighting with your wife or fighting with your husband. You wouldn't even notice him or notice her. Yeah, you wouldn't even notice because you are, you are tired. Your energy, the fighting, you've had one fight already. No more energy for fighting. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Something, you need something to live for more than dollars. Dollar cannot satisfy. If dollar could satisfy, by now you'd be satisfied. Dollar is like the carrot that has been tied in front of the donkey. You know that story? That You see the carrot hanging in front of the donkey. And the donkey keeps, it's right in front. So he keeps walking towards the carrot. He never gets there because it's fixed. And it makes the donkey work all day. And in the evening they give him the carrot. Just one carrot. He's walked over. He thinks he's going. So he, he, after eight hours, he feels that he's now reached the carrot. No, they just give it to him. So what is happening is that we are actually following something which we can't get. 
Because you never get it. Never really. Amen? Are you there or you've gone home? Okay? So we need that change. And so decide today you are going to be a preacher. What's the name again? Sophia. Can you be a preacher? Will you want to be a preacher? Sure. And then what's her name? Angela from Vancouver. You can't drive all this way without becoming a preacher. <laughs> 50 hours of driving to just come and then, you know, just be there and then go back and say, I'm a member. There's nothing proud about being a member. People are members of everything. But not everybody is a preacher. And you can be a preacher. You will be a preacher. You will be surprised at how good a preacher you are. People are very good preachers. But they don't know till they start preaching. Very, 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 very good preachers. But you don't know how good you are. You don't know how good. If you start preaching and start talking, especially with some of the things you've been through in your life, if you start to share them, there will be an atmosphere. The place will be charged when they start listening to you. Man. Yeah. So start preaching. So this program is about converting you once more after you got saved, we are moving you into the preaching stage. So there are, there, are, there are three groups. People who are getting saved, the first salvation, which I believe everybody here should be. Maybe I should give another call just to be sure, you know. <laughs> and then secondly, the change to become preachers. Everybody can become a preacher. We have people in our church in, in Ghana who are elderly, who are parents of pastors who are becoming who have become pastors yeah parents of pastors who are becoming pastors who have become pastors i have grown-ups who are my parents friends my parents colleagues who are now pastors you see them elderly aunties and uncles i mean i don't even i don't even call them i don't even call them pastors i call them aunties and uncles I mean, even if I'm adding, I say, Lady Pastor, I add Lady Pastor, Auntie, so and so. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't just say Lady Pastor. Then. No. The people are grown-ups. And, and we exempt them when we are having meetings and so on. And, and so we say, oh, the, the, uh, the elderly aunties and uncle pastors and auntie pastors, at a certain time, you can go home. No, no, you don't have to ask for permission. Just pack your things and go. I mean, because tell it, even the fact that what you are doing alone is great. Yeah. Amen. So, an auntie can become a pastor. How much more you have more life ahead. And more energy. Energium. You can do it. I see you preaching more than Paul preached. God needs a lot of preachers. The work needs a lot of preachers. The work of God cannot be done by one person. At all. At all. When I, when I go back home to Accra and I stand in my church, the work there alone can occupy me from Monday to Sunday, every day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a week. Serious. I would never darken the doorway of JFK airport if I'm to just even consider on the work which is full. Take my time, everything there. So when even I'm invited, I have to travel and so on. And so, when I finish this program, I finish with Sydney Sunday night. Monday, straight, I'm off. As soon as I arrive in Ghana, I'm arriving in Ghana Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday program, Friday, I'm traveling. I'll be back Sunday, a week ago, the Sunday after. Tuesday, I'm traveling. Out, here, there, here, there, this, that, so many, oh man. It can never be done by only me. That's why Jesus didn't bother for three and a half years. Huh? See you guys. He, he checked out fast. Oh yeah. He checked out fast and left the thing with people to do. Oh yeah. You would never understand why Jesus should leave. If it was you, you would have asked Jesus to stay to preach till he was 80 or 90. But he preached three and a half years and he left. He said, man, I went my church, the gates of hell, not that. These are the guys, Peter, Paul, James, and all these guys. And then Mary Magdalene and Cohen, he left them and he went. Uh, yeah, he said it's finished. It's finished. 
Because, and do you, you know why some pastors, I learned something in Japan. I was speaking to a pastor. He said something that I, I'll never forget. He, he said, he said, we should not kill ourselves because of some people's disobedience. He said, there are people who God has called and God has asked them to do certain things. And they are not doing that. And because they are not doing that, a lot of the work is undone. And he says, some other pastors are rising up and are trying to compensate for those people's negligence and failure to do the work. And by trying to do that, they get overworked and they end up killing themselves. And he said, we, we cannot compensate for people's disobedience. We just have to do what we can do and what God has asked us to do and leave the rest. And he said, if everybody does what he's supposed to do, to be like this, and he made his fingers like, like this, and like this, and like this, like a, a net. You do here, 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 here. And it becomes a net, and all the souls are saved. But if only one person does his part, just here, and here, and here. There's a big hole. All the souls get lost. Because you didn't do your part. I did my part, but you didn't do your part. She did her part, and you didn't do your part. And I cannot compensate for your failure. I cannot come and walk around in America. Doing, going places that I... I, I can't. Some time ago, I'll come and even visit some church members. I'll go to this person's house, go to the. I can't do all those things anymore. You have to do that. You are the pastor. And there are pastors and there are chefs. You have to do that. I can't do that. I cannot compensate for your failure to go and visit. Come here to go and visit people as well. No. Even in Accra, I don't visit people. Yeah. We, we, we should be careful. And, and that is what happens with pastors, that people get overworked. And even when they have any kind of a problem, you see people pointing fingers at them. Meanwhile, they were overworking to compensate for somebody's failure to work. Amen. Amen. And some people have to overgive because of other people's failure to give. So if somebody is compensating for... If everybody were to pay his tithe, there would be very little need for any kind of extra work. And people fail to give. Sometimes the church is financed by 20% of the people. Everybody else just watches. And that's little or nothing. Amen. Are you listening to me? Are you listening? So God is saying to all of us, we are all going to go away from this place as preachers. Preachers. I would love to listen to some of you people preach. I would hear things that would bless me. Oh, really? I mean, even just preaching what I preach, you just love to hear it. I remember I was with Pastor Richard in uh, um, South Africa, and he was preaching. And one of the days I said, you should preach. And he was preaching uh, something that, that I preached. And I was really blessed. In fact, I was so blessed that I, I decided to go back to Accra and preach that thing for several weeks since on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I was just touched by the message. It was, I, was, I always remember. Quoted certain scriptures and gave certain ex- personal examples. I said, man, what a preacher. What a word. You, you'll be surprised. You see, you see the, the message that I preach, if you take that message and you share it, it's now your message. It's not that this bishop's preaching that I have been asked to preach. It's now your message from your heart. And you share it. Man. Man, you'll be surprised. You will be surprised. So please, we've got to become preachers. And we are, how many are going to be preachers? Raise your hand if you're going to. Stand up if you've decided to be a preacher after this program. <laughs> it's like if you don't stand here somewhere. <laughs> Amen. Are you still around? Yes. So you are going to be a preacher. You can preach. Because you can talk, you can preach. Anybody who talks preaches. Pastor, I'm a very quiet person. Many ladies are better talkers than, than the men. Any lady who can chat can preach. 
And the ladies are expert chatters. They have the gift of talking. That's why God made them the way they look after the children. They talk to the children. You see the mother, she's talking. You think that the child, the child is two years. The child can only say, ah, ah, ba, ba, da, da. And so, and the mother is explaining something to the child. Explanations are going on. It's amazing. It's a gift. You even have the ability, you even have the ability to preach to a child who cannot hear. How much more somebody who can hear and respond properly? Huh? Hallelujah. All right. Do not sit down. Acts chapter 13. Now we are moving on to the next level of conversion. All right? Because there are some of you guys here already who are preaching. Nadia, are you preaching? You try to. I want to see you preaching more. Yeah. Let me let me let me give you a let me give you a goal and I want you to write it down. Okay? Have a goal that on Sunday morning you will not be preached to, but you will preach. Yeah. You listen to your sermons not on Sunday, but on other days. Because on Sunday you will be preaching. So let it be a goal in your life that on Sunday you'll not be listening to sermons, but you'll be preaching sermons. And on other days you'll be listening to your sermons. Amen. So let that be a, a, an index for you. Next week, next time we come for camp meeting, let's see if for some of you that has changed. That instead of listening to sermons, I'm not saying it's not wrong to listen to, but you, you see, God is trying to make you into a preacher. Have that goal. Have that vision. You'll be surprised. Alright. Now let's go on. Acts chapter 30. So the next, I told you the code is SPS. Salvation, preaching, and the, la- the last stage of conversion is separation. 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 You may be seated. Are you wanted to stand? You like standing? All right. You can stand if you want. <laughs> Acts chapter 13. Now there were in this one, there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manane, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate. 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 Separate me, Barnabas, and Saul for the work. For the work. For the work, 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 for the work. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work. Separate for the work. Separation for the work. Whereunto I have called them. Amen. This is the next stage of your conversion. You see, Paul was already a preacher in chapter 9. Is that not so, Andy? But there was a whole prophecy here which was saying, separate them for the work which I have called them for. That is yet another level. And that is the level of being separated, called aside to do the work of the ministry. Full-time or whatever time. Amen. Now, I believe that there are many, many, many of us who are supposed to go into that level, full-time ministry, or separated for the work. Several of us. In fact, I would say to many of us pastors, 
Listen carefully, because we are coming to an important part. I, I'm, I'm finding a lot of, I feel like there are many people who are not here, who are supposed to be here. That's the feeling that I have. Anyway, there are many of us who are pastors, ministers, who are supposed to become full-time. When I say full-time, I want you to listen carefully and understand what I'm saying. You see, in everything there is a natural progression. You get it? And in that natural progression, when you're going, you're going, you're going, it gets to a point, you get it, where it's obvious that if you are serious about this thing, this is the next step. Simple. Amen. And when we fail to do that, we actually now begin to go on another road. Because it's like we have failed to go on this road, which is the road we are supposed to go on. So now I'm going on this other road. Now I believe that there are higher realms of the ministry and of God's work for all of us. And we must decide to go on every road that God has called us for. Because it's very, very, very important. Now when I say full-time ministry, you see many people begin to have images of having to have people to take collection for you and uh, not being able to uh, maybe earn money that you think you're going to earn and so on. But um, I just want to say that Full-time ministry, right? There are different types of full-time ministry. One type of full-time ministry is where you are paid all the time by the church. Alright? Or paid by the ministry or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's not even a matter of who pays you and how you are paid. It's a matter of the fact that you are working for God full-time. That's all. Not for which organization. But for the Lord. Now we are beginning to have other forms of full-time ministry. We are having forms of full-time ministry. Which are, you know, in different... I don't want to go into that. Because that is more administrative type of... What do you call it? But there is another type of full-time ministry. Which I'm, I want to share with you about. Which exists. Which is what I call self-sustaining full-time ministry. Self-sustaining full-time ministry. And self-sustaining full-time ministry... Is ministry where you are full-time. In other words, you are sold out to that thing, but you sustain yourself. Are you there? You are sold out to that thing, but you sustain yourself. Now, when you are sold out to something, it means you can be sent. You see, when you are full-time, you can be ordered, like Paul and Saul and this guy, Barnabas, do this. Do that. How they are to live and how they live out there, that is their problem. They have to live. But most of the time, they sustain themselves. You can't tell me that Paul was not a full-time minister. He was a full-time minister. But he sustained himself by building tents, by doing this, by doing that. But all those activities that he was doing had become just activities that were being done to keep him alive and to keep him going. And to sustain himself, to do the things that he needed to do to live on earth. So, there comes a time when you are totally sold out to what we are doing. And then you say, I am ready to do anything. Now, I'll say example of uh, Kojo and Alberta. Stand up please, Kojo and Alberta. Stand up, stand up. Now, you see, I, I remember when, they, when I came to... Um, you, you see, you don't, you don't even know that you are in full-time ministry. Did you know that you are full-time? Come. Are you full-time? Did you think you are full-time? Pardon? No, Bishop. You, you didn't think? I didn't think I was full-time. Good. You see, he, he doesn't even know that he's full-time. But he's in full-time ministry. Because who sent you to Vancouver? You did. I sent you to Vancouver? <laughs> yes, Well, yeah, you said we should go. <laughs> I sent him to Vancouver. I separated him onto Vancouver. I asked him to go. When I came, had you rented a house? Come. You just, your husband came to join you. Or you were there. Who was in uh, Canada first? Oh, you went to the same day. All right. Now, who had a flat or somebody had it? We had just rented an apartment. How many days or weeks? About five, five days or something. Five days you had rented an apartment. You had, you got. Pardon? You had a one year lease. One year, listen, you had a job? Just about, yeah. We had jobs there, yeah. In, in Toronto? Toronto? 
Yes. And then I came along and I said what? Go to Vancouver. Go to Vancouver. So I said go to Vancouver. He doesn't he doesn't I don't pay him. Lighthouse doesn't pay him. I said go to Vancouver. He had a flat. We rented it five days. He had got it for a one year lease and everything. And I said, Go to this place. They went. And they are there. And they are sustaining themselves. How much, how many uh, thousand dollars has uh, Pastor Joe been sending you every month? <laughs> hasn't been sending me any. Huh? No money? <laughs> sure? Yes, Bishop. So, how do you look after yourself? And um, we work. You, you do what? We work in the secular world. You work in the secular world and you, you earn money. Because they say we work. It's like some people don't work. So we work. Yeah. <laughs> so he had to correct that. <laughs> yeah. You work in the secular world? Yes, Bishop. And you earn money? Yes, Bishop. And you use the money to live, isn't it? Yes, Bishop. Yeah. So these two are actually full-time. They didn't even know. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But look, where are you going? Don't go yet. <laughs> they are actually full time, but they are self sustaining. And I know that if I told them tomorrow, you know what? Go to Alaska. <laughs> they would go. They would go. Yeah. So it, it, it is as though their lives are not their own. It's as though their lives are not their own, but they are working for the Lord, and it's like what they are asked to do, where they are asked to go. But they are full time, even they are full time in lighthouse. It's like go here, do this, they'll do, it. and they sustain themselves. Powerful. How many are excited about self-sustaining full time? But there are a whole lot of people, you couldn't tell them, do this, or go here. They'll ask you, what, did you buy my ticket to come here? How do you tell me to do this, and to, and to do that, and to do that? I can't do that. Now you see, let me, let me give you the example. In, in, a, in my book, it's a, a new book that I wrote, it's going to be printed soon. It's called, Win the Loss at Any Cost. There's a chapter there, which gives a very detailed description of the Basel mission. In Ghana, or oh, not Basel, Basel Mission from Switzerland. They went to Liberia, Sierra Leone, Ghana, and so many of the East Asia and so on. And it shows what they did. But the missionaries that they sent, let's say to Africa, you get it? Those missionaries did not come there with financial aid. I don't think there was even money. They were, they were not using money. Were they using money in those days? There were, no, were there dollars in the 19th century? When did the dollar start? To, when was it printed? Does anybody know? The dollar. For, yeah. <laughs> but 200 years ago, was that, was that dollar? Was that dollars? Printed before there were printing presses? I, I don't think there was uh, paper money. Golds, yeah. Gold coins and so on. Yeah. Now, coming into a West African country like Ghana, these guys came with skills, farming, trading, building, and so on. And they sustained themselves in Africa as missionaries. Amen. They sustained themselves as missionaries there. They looked after themselves. They built farms. They built houses. They did things, training, whatever. And they looked after themselves in those places. And you can't tell me that they were not full-time uh, mission, uh, missionaries. People who were living in Switzerland. My mother tells me when she was a child, there were always little baskets in the church at the door. And they wrote on it, money for missionaries in Africa. In, in, in Ghana or Africa, you know, always. So these people had to sustain it. And as we grow and grow and grow, we are not going to be able to maybe finance everything and everybody. 
people would go and look after themselves. But there was a certain heart which is sold out, which is all out. And I'm telling you that there is a difference between that and people who are just lay preachers, who are doing it because it is convenient, who are doing it because I'm here and I can do whilst I'm here, it can be done. There is a big difference. When the heart is ready to do anything, then it's, it is not a matter of, it's not a matter of how you get money. Money is money. How you get it matters. But how you get it at a certain point doesn't really matter if it's both, they are both good sources. At the end of the day, you are living. At the end of the day, you can buy your fuel. At the end of the day, you can eat. At the end of the day, your children can go to school. So you have it. But there is a point at which you are sold out. You are sold out. You are prepared to do anything. Anywhere. Anytime. You are prepared to change this, change that, do this, do that. If only you are asked to do it, if it is what is supposed to be done, you are ready to do it. And God is calling us today at this camp that these three stages, salvation, then you become a preacher, and then to be able to be separated. When you read Acts 13, this was where Paul is like, no, the main thing in my life is this ministry. It's not the secondary thing. Most of us shepherds, pastors, and so on. The main thing is our job. The pastoral work and the ministry work is an addition. It is something that is added on. Amen. It is something that is conveniently added to our lives. And let me tell you something. You see, God does not look as we look. God looks at the heart. And because God looks at the heart, He sees things very differently from the way we see them. And so when he's looking at us, you see, amongst the pastors, I, I, there are lots of differences. You see, pastors, everybody preaches, everybody prays nicely, everybody sings, everybody does everything. But you see, the hearts are where the difference comes in, not from the outward. And it's at that level that the differences begin to show. And that difference is only in the heart. Don't look at me on the outside, though. When you look at me on the outside, you see, you not see what God sees. And you know, that's a big problem for us. Human beings, we always look at people on the outside. When we see the person is nice, the person is smiling, the person is beautiful, the person is handsome. So we think this is a nice thing. Someone was like that. He made a mistake when he was choosing David's brothers. He chose the nice people. They had a son who was not liked. And his name was David. An outcast child who had been sent to the wilderness. If you had a child, would you send the child where lions can eat the child? And when the child comes over and tells you that a lion came and I fought and survived, will you send the child back there for a bear to also... And still lion and bear have tried and you are still sending the child to that place. Everybody was at home except David. And when they asked, where have you kept those few sheep? Few sheep. Lots of a few sheep you are giving, sacrificing your child. So Saul chose the tall guys and the main guy. But God chose the guy whose heart. You hear the, you hear the song, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. If I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. He had to sing those kind of songs. All he had was the Lord. If I walk to the valley of the shadow of, the, of death, I shall fear no evil. My cup runneth over, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can hear the type of person when you listen to his songs kind of person just the heart not the outside that's what i said we have all pastors they all pray they all sing they all preach hearts are different some hearts are i'm separated anything anywhere anytime that that is one thing that differentiates shepherds the same you see you can even be a shepherd but you are separated look let me tell you long before i became a full-time pastor there are people who have known me for a long time. They are, they are around. I have always worked for God from the bottom of my heart. I have served God without pay, without salary, without anything for years and years and years. It has always been my passion and my desire and my love. Nobody paid me. Nobody paid me. When I was 16 years old and I was visiting, I draw maps for people to people's houses and visit them during the holidays and visit them and say, I've come to visit you. In fact, nobody taught me how to do that. 
to encourage them. I had maps. I had lists of people. Lists. I had all the from one, from two, from three in every house. The SU members. From one members. And I would sit down with my lists in my house at Osu. And hold the list and mention the name. Sylvia Ose. I didn't know them. One of the students has prayed for assisting her, Henrietta. From one house, 17. And I'll pray. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I mentioned everybody's name. I didn't know who they, who they were. And pray for them. For pay. For money. For what? No. God doesn't look at those things. God looks at the heart of a person. That's why there are people who are surprised that God is using me. Because people look at me on the outside. People even think that I'm an unbeliever. I go to places, people think that this Lebanese boy is coming to be saved today. <laughs> but people think I'm Lebanese. <laughs> huh? Yeah. People think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an unbeliever. People have all kinds of ideas about me. People and you see, that's why I said that from the outside, you would, I had pastors who came to my church. When the people lifted up their hand, they saw the crowd. The first question he said was, why dark? Why dark? Why dark? It's like, why God used me? I'm trying to show you something that it is not the outside, but the inside. If that shift does not take place, your ministry and everything you do for God is just up to a point. Yes, you may be preaching. You may be a pastor now. Paul, Peter, was a man. So, he was a pastor, was a preacher. But in Acts chapter 13, God said, Okay, separate me. Do whatever I ask you. And he separated. By prophecy. By the Spirit. And now I'm prophesying to you. I'm telling you that God is calling for your separation. God is calling for your separation. God is calling for your, your total commitment. God is calling for you to be sold out. It's not a matter of who pays you. It's not a matter of how you get money. That's the, that is beside the point. The essence at the end of the day is that you are going to live and you are going to be alive and you are going to be able to do everything that a normal human being who lives does. But the essence is that. That is however it happens. However it happens. <laughs> however it happens. Whether this person pays you or you have to organize it yourself or whatever it is. At the end of the day, you are sold out. I am in the thing fully. I'm ready to go, to die, to live. My, 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 my people from the universities are like that. My, my, my children in the ministry from the, in the university, those who have been elders and so on, the campus churches. We have un- churches in all the universities. That's how they are. When I, when I tell them, this is what you are doing. Bishop, anything. I, was, I call one guy. I said, what do you say? Bishop, anywhere you want to send me anything, just whatever you tell me, I'll do it. I want to do it. First, I was going to send him to Zimbabwe. Then I was going to send him to I was going to send him to somewhere. All the things were not working out until he had. I had, I, I had a place for him. I'm sending him to to, to somewhere. <laughs> but he's ready. I called another one. I said. I I said he, he said he was going to go uh, somewhere. I said you know what? Forget about all those plans. Just be. He said, Bishop. I'm ready. I'm doing it. He says, it's, it's, answers, it's answers a problem for me. What to do? You know, after school, it's like, did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? It's answers my problem. I'm, do, I'm ready to do it. You see, and, and I'm not, many of these you are going to go and find a job, go and be there, find a way of sustaining yourself over there. After school, it's like, did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? It's answers my problem. I'm, do, I'm ready to do it. See, and, and I'm not, many of these you are going to go and find a job, go and be there, find a way of sustaining yourself over there, and work there. There. Amen. That heart is not in many of us here today. We come in grades. I said we come in grades and shades. We come in grades and shades. And God is trying to show you some gradings and some shading and say that, move. Move your heart. Get to that point where you kneel and you give everything to the Lord. Look. 
on uh, Sunday, last week Sunday, uh, one one uh, lady, she's a prophet, she came to see me. And she said, I had a vision, my dream. And the vision and dream I saw pastors of the church. And he said it was even like a, it was like a verbal, you know when you're a prophet, sometimes you have audio or video. He said, the Lord was speaking, and the Lord was showing. He said, I want to promote my pastors. He said, I cannot promote many of the pastors. So why? He said, many of them have, have fallen short. Not in like insane or anything, but it's like even whatever. It's like they are, they are not doing, or they are not where they should be. So the Lord showed her a list of pastors. And then maps. And then he showed 41%, 21%, percent Many of them were down. And then she said something. She said that. And I was very surprised at some of the names that I saw there. Because she said that she thought that some of these were very active and really doing well. And the Lord said, No, it's not. He said, some of them are. Are even sacrificing things I have not asked them to sacrifice. Just simple things I have asked them to do. They don't want to do that one. And they are, you see, this is what I call compensatory sacrifice for your disobedience. So you do so many things. Bible says today is better than sacrifice. So many things which even are not really required, but it's to compensate for how bad you feel. <laughs> About what God is saying to you. For what you are not doing. I know people like that. In Ghana. I remember when I told, I told one pastor. I said. All these things you are doing. You are compensating. He said. You have never thought of it. I said. Yeah. I said. It's a compensation for. What you feel convinced to do. But you are. Failing to do. So you do this. You do this. I, I told another doctor. I said. He said. When I see him. I always remember that compensation. He said. Always compensate. The things he does. And the movements he makes. From here to here, here to here. Oh, I said, man, I just can't imagine that kind of stress in his life. Trying to do it. It's, it's, it's sometimes a compensatory effort. Because you know, God says to you, A, you don't want to do A. So you start to do this. So I said to her, tell me the names of the people. <laughs> That's where I end my story. <laughs> but I, I just want you to know, dear friend, I just want you to know, dear friend, that God does not look on the outward at all. He's looking at the heart. And that had the heart of being sold out to God. Actually, me, I have been full-time long before I ever received a salary from this church. Long before. Long before. That's why I believe, you see, that's why I believe that there's such a difference between pastors and workers for God. It's, it's not in being paid. That's not the issue. That's not the issue. The issue is not being receiving a salary from the church. The issue is your heart. Long before ever any such suggestion or issue will come up to be discussed. It's not at all. Uh, I mean, uh, what's the positive issue? It's like where, where I get my water from or, or which shop I buy my Coke from or which shop I buy my bread from. That's not the issue. The issue is the bread. And so God is campaigning for you to come forward. He's, he's saying, move forward now. Move forward. You understand what I'm saying? Move forward. The reason why we don't work for God the way we ought to work for God is because we are doing as it were. What did they say I should do? Not even what I'm sold out to do. That's why you have to have meetings and talk to people. Come to church early. Do this. Come for the camp. Why don't you do this? Why da, 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 like that. That thing is not there. So you are winding, 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 winding. Something that cannot work. It's like beating a dead horse. That cannot work. Dear friend, it's time to be separated. And I want, to, I want to say this. Listen. What is inside matters. 
Two weeks ago, I was at a post-mortem examination. And I saw the insides of somebody that I knew. As I was looking, I said, it, you realize that what is inside is very important. Because if it's not working, you are dying. You are, you are virtually dead. Ladies and gentlemen, God is calling for a change in there. Anybody here who has a problem with money, giving money, you there, you are far down. You better start to move out. Because you see, your heart is not with your God. What's that song that we're singing? I give you my How does it go? Dollar, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you. That is, that is, that is our heart. It's a very serious thing. How much more even to just to work for the Lord full time? You see, I'm, I'm, I'm saying something. I, I am campaigning for your heart. Things don't change until the heart changes. I'm not campaigning for you to be an employee in my organization or in the church. No, I'm campaigning for your heart for God. When God has your heart, He has you. Some time ago, I used to say, you are going to work, earn a lot of money and bring it to, to the Lord. Have you heard that before? How many have had that vision before yourself? You are going to earn and bring a lot of money to... Raise up your hand, Pastor Joel and a few others. Okay? I'll build a church for God. I'll build a building. I'll do the... They are all compensatory ideas. <laughs> compensatory ideas for what you are failing to do is a compensatory idea... About, and God is saying, I don't need all those compensations. I need your heart. I need you. You are the person I want. And you know, I really learned that lesson many years ago. I met somebody who didn't have a thumb. And I asked, what happened to your thumb? It got cut off in a factory in London. This machine, and it was gone. And he said, they paid me 8,000 pounds for my thumb. I said, wow, in those days, 20 years ago, 8,000 pounds. Father is valued about half by about half. So I said, if a thumb cost eight thousand, let's add eight, sixteen, twenty-four. Oh, the thumb is more than all the others. You see, you see some people already. Anyway, <laughs> let's say seven thousand. Seven, 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 twenty-eight plus eight, thirty-six. So how much more the hand? The whole hand is gone. Then the arm. When they when they are together, the price will be different. <laughs> so add it, add it, add the how, ma- how many thousand pounds you get for one thumb. So when you keep adding the pieces of your body, you you realize that you are worth a lot. So that's why when God says, "I don't want your hundred pounds or a hundred dollars, I want you," He's asking for much more than that hundred dollars or hundred pounds. He wants the human being, not you, you are going to give your time, you're getting a hundred dollars. Look, even the time alone is worth eight thousand pounds. Twenty years ago. So when God has you, yeah. I have worked full time for the Lord for years. I say I would make my list and pray for people. Pray, 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 fast, visit. I, I mean, every member in the church, I've draw a map. Here to here, from here to go here, you turn left, you see a kiosk, and you go, and you see a gutter, and you see a, a rubbish dam, and you see a river, and you cross, and this, I had maps like that. No pay, money, that is why a lay ministry was a natural option for me, because I thought of money to be paid for what I'm doing. That's why we have a lot of pastors working late, you don't think of money. It's the last thing that you think about. So dear friend, this is a time I call for your heart. I said it's a call for your heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a call for your heart. Not a call for, for your money. It's a call for your heart. When your heart is there, you do everything. Nothing matters. When I come up as I said, go there, live there, die there. That's all. Are you prepared? 
as I stay there, live there, die there. I told my brother, I said, I'm going, I wanted to go to Malawi. Forget about every other flight, I'm going to America. He said, go, go. I don't think I said anything. He said, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Go. Live there, die there, preach there, teach the word. Oh, you'll be blessed as you follow on to obey the Lord. Amen. All right. So, these are the three important things. All right. Now, the next thing about a dream church. So, the first thing about a dream church is that it's a mega church. Is that not so? The next thing is what? Three conversions. Now, the next thing about the church is that it is a church which is eternity-minded. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm talking about the eternity-minded church. Acts chapter... All these are in Acts. We are not going far at this camp. Hmm? Um... Now, what do I mean by, what is an eternity-minded church? What is an eternity-minded church? An eternity-minded church is a church which is thinking of eternity. Now, I don't know whether you want to hear what I'm saying because you may be frightened. Are you sure? Because one time when I preached about some of this, somebody, somebody got angry. I said he wasn't coming to church the next day. Are you sure? <laughs> because you see that question I asked you, do you want real things? Do you want to know real things? You want to know real things? Real things are some way. Huh? You sure? You sure? Alright, Acts 7. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. And um, let's read verse 51. Let's all read together. Ready, go. All, all the way up to verse 60. Hallelujah. Now notice verse 54, 53, uh, 54. When they had these they were cut to the heart and gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into where? Heaven, not on earth. <laughs> Many of us are looking down on earth, at things on earth. But Stephen was looking at heaven. He didn't even know he was going to die. But then he looked up and he looked into heaven. Amen. I want us to spend a little time praying. Amen. About what I have shared with you already this morning. And I think at this camp it will be good if we learn how to pray uh, by praying. Amen. And so I want us to spend an hour in prayer. 
And we are going to pray about... If you, if you don't have anything to pray about by now, then you might as well just go back home. Because by now you should be asking the Lord about your heart. And I want that switch to happen. I want you to decide to be separated and ready. Genuinely, not just by saying it. Amen. And be ready. Do anything that the Lord wants you to really do. And I want that, because that is the difference that makes the difference between pastors. You know what is happening now is that I'm beginning, even amongst the pastors, their differences are beginning to show. You know, something when you have something initially, you, you, you may not see that. But as time goes on, it's like uh, on the tempi, when they are paying the tolls. And all the cars are together. But as soon as you pass that toll and you start going along, sometimes you'll be driving, you don't even see any car. You see, so at the beginning, everybody looks together. But as time goes by and distance comes, the differences begin to show. And then you begin, you don't even see anybody in your area. As you are very different from, 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 from the other. And God is saying, we've got to make that difference in our hearts. So that we can be what he wants to be. So we are going to pray. Amen. And as we pray, I want you to open your heart and say, Lord, work on my heart. Operate on my heart. And we are praying for about an hour. Now, I don't want anybody to go out. This is not a time lag, whatever, but it's part of the camp to pray. And we are praying and we are going to carry on. Pray, we preach, we pray, we preach, we pray, we preach, and then we are moving on. Stand to your feet, please. No talking, no chatting. Amen. Just prayer. And then we are praying about our hearts. Then we will continue.